if this podcast was like found, if this interview was found footage, what would happen at the end of this interview? Mm. <laughs> well, probably. The Outwaters is a found footage horror feature film by Robbie Bamfitch. And not since the Blair Witch Project have I been so thrilled and horrified and scared and giddy and freaked out by a found footage film. The story centers around four travelers who go camping in the Mojave Desert and encounter a menacing phenomenon. I had a dream about my mom last night. Uh huh. She was like coming out of like a black storm and it was her body, but her arms were part of the storm. Yeah, I had weird dreams too. <laughs> Can I hug you for a second? Yeah. Oh. When you watch the credits for this film, you realize just how low budget it was, with Robbie Bamfitch listed as writer, director, producer, editor, cinematographer, sound designer, hell, he even sings a song on the film's soundtrack. On today's show, I'm talking to the one-man band that is Robbie Bamfitch about how he created The Outwaters. I'm Liam Garrity. It's time to meet your maker. yourself and your background like where did you grow up on uh, new jersey u.s new brunswick which is like a college town is where i was born and then i lived in the suburbs of central new jersey lots of steven spielberg-esque like houses and parks and trees and woods that kind of thing so it was pretty great got to do like play with my friends in the woods a lot and be mischievous and run around neighborhoods and wreak havoc so yeah what was the first time you remember being scared? Uh, I used to be afraid of like windows when I was sleeping because my bed was always right by the window in the darkness. And I'm, I, I know I had seen something or read stories of like, you know, you just feel like exposed if your windows there. So I, I probably might from off the top of my head going back feels like windows in the, dark windows at night when you're sleeping by yourself in your room i still i'm still afraid i got a floor on the the second level so i didn't have to be on the ground floor because i don't <laughs> where did the idea for the outwaters come from like what was the seed i just realized maybe yesterday it seems like all three of my features the other two are not released yet but i have three that are in the can but outwaters is the first to come out I, all three of them stem from, um, oh no, you know what? Two of them stem from just the, the title. Like I came up with the title first. So the Outwaters. The Outwaters. I've always loved the word Outlands. It's like one of my favorite words, just what it evokes. I'm an ocean boy. So I like, I thought of Outwaters as a, same thing as Outlands, but you know, maybe something a little bit more distant and deeper. 
like and from that is where i started getting images and worked from there and then my other film that's coming up is called tinsman road which it's like the earliest short story i ever wrote the or the earliest like story i ever wrote was called tinsman road and it's just there's a street uh in new jersey that my dad took me to called tinsman road and he thought it was such a good road name that he stole the street sign uh, <laughs> and i kept it in my room like growing up and i had it here and so that was always um a movie i wanted to make so that movie evolved from the name and what it evokes have you m- started work on that one it's shot or? and completed and it's gonna okay premiere. well it's shot and there's a, a a cut of it that is going to premiere at a festival in march in uh the united states there will be subsequent cuts but it's pretty much done did you get to use the sign in it yeah, and I went back to the real street. Then it was the first time I had been at that street since I was like 10. So I'm like, shit, I hope it still looks cinematic. Because, <laughs> you know, you can romanticize memories of things. My memory of it was like very... Luckily, when I got there, it, it, it was very cinematic. And the old street signs from the 90s were still there because they, they like updated a lot of them and they look hideous and plastic and ugly. But luckily, the old white and black street signs with like um algae type stuff on it was still there so worked yeah. out. they had to keep updating them because people kept taking them <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> it's a good name you shouldn't name your street so good <laughs> um was the plan to do the outwaters like always as found footage or you know was, yeah. was that from the beginning yeah i probably at some point in my mind and cross daydreaming about projects put together the word and what it evoked. Plus I've always wanted to make a found footage movie because it's total freedom. You could do it on your own. Obviously you have to try to do it good, but like I, I knew I could make one. I just wanted to wait until I had an idea that actually was like to me good and something for me that was like new that I personally hadn't seen yet. So um, somewhere cross germination of word and desire to have complete freedom and make a movie with my friends. <laughs> You know, it's an interesting point about, like you say, well, you have to make a good one because I think sometimes when people hear that something is found footage, they can kind of wince because, well, you know, they know of... that it has to. Yeah, there's been a lot of bad ones, but also it it, it 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 has to come across as real because the footage that, you know, we're looking at is purported to be like, you know, actual real. So, like, was that challenging? No, I, not that. I knew how to do that. And I mean, like... So my problem with, I mean, you can say this for any movie for any as like various aspects of it, but my problem with most found footage movies is they don't feel like, except for the Blair Witch Project and um, Willow Creek and Paranormal Activity, it, they just don't feel like actual, I'm sure I'm missing a few. I haven't seen all of them, you know, et cetera. But like, generally speaking, it feels like actors, even if they're good, feels like acting and conversations you would never actually have on camera and you know like arguing for the sake of drama (laughs) you can't see the air quotes i put over drama (laughs) um anyway but so no but for me i just I, i knew how to get it authentic you just you know if something's real or not feeling you know so i mean that wasn't part that part of it so actually that leads on to it like like was there a script or how do you go about forming something like this 
In this specific case, it was exploring the story while filming with a basic framework in mind. It was very much planned. It wasn't like shooting from the hip. If I don't know if that's the right expression, but it wasn't just random. Um, there were lots of ideas for scenes written down, like lists of shots, things that needed to be said, but no actual script. Part of the reason why I think the movie seems unique to some people is because when you do it, that's a different way of, of writing. It's still writing, but it's writing while exploring and doing. So it, you know, you find things that you would never come up with if you just sat and wrote it down. I mean, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Uh, there was no script, but there was, it was very much like planned and there were many things jotted down on notebooks that I, you know, crossed out as I filmed <laughs> <told> them. <laughs> Um, and then obviously to then accomplish that feat of of making it real and people believing in it is the casting and how did you go about casting this like because i know you had said to me you know you just went out and made a a movie with my friends you know what i mean that was it that was it (laughs) (laughs) i mean i have uh don't want to brag but i have like a lot of friends um (laughs) Obviously, there's a logistical thing who is available, who would want to be in it. Um, you know, not everybody would, you know, I've had, I've had friends that like, you know, wouldn't necessarily want to, I've asked certain friends to do projects and they just don't want to be in front of a camera ever. So um, those things. But for this, in thinking of the idea, I was already thinking of who the logistical things but like who i wanted around me who would be an interesting to me an interesting dynamic and also i didn't want conflict between the friends like you see in most other things i wanted it to be like actual friends and they like each other people tend to go on road trips and hang out a lot if they actually like each other so (laughs) i figured it was more realistic (laughs) to have friends that like you know, weren't fighting the whole time. But I wanted, like, I wanted Ange in it because she's so funny. I wanted that energy in the movie. And then, yeah, just kind of all fell together. And my mom is my mom, so I thought she'd be pretty, pretty well. I'm pretty much myself in the movie, and then mm-hmm. so I figured it might make sense to have my mom as my mom. So when you're talking about, like, getting friends in the movie, like, are you even thinking about, like, are some of them actors or you're literally just going, oh, I'll just ask my friends to see if they'll, you know, play along? um, Scott, I know, oh, he probably wouldn't like me saying this, but I I, like, I just, like, I know he could do anything he puts his mind to. So, but with this, again, a lot of it was like, I wasn't worried about it because it was just flow like hangout flow obviously there's horror things to do in the scenes we have to do acting wise later but i just wasn't concerned about that with him and i have i had oh and i've also i also made my first movie scott's in it so i knew he could do whatever um and i have made tons of comedic things with like i've known we've made tons of youtube videos in hello everybody and happy halloween welcome to the gay pumpkin carving tutorial which is I'm gay, so I'm carving a pumpkin there. First thing you want. Um, she was also in my first feature. She was in a couple short films that were not comedic that I did. So she, I knew she could do the, the terror stuff, the 
acting wise, like really she's great. So, um, yeah, I just, I wouldn't put someone in who I thought would like freeze up, clam up and not be able to do it. I love the ambiguity of the story, like in terms of what starts to happen in the second half. And like we were saying, talking about before we started, like I kind of love that the film is mysterious and I have to try and form my own thoughts on what happened. But like, do you as a director have to come up with like something absolutely concrete in terms of what has happened overall? Yeah, for me, there's a very specific chain of, literal events that happen in order for this to be created and i followed i followed the logic of those events and the inciting event and i followed the logic of um if this were actually on memory cards that were found obviously they wouldn't be like edited together it would have to be like sequential and even though the film is intentionally made so that it's supposed to be bewildering and confusing the way it would be if you were a police officer looking at these tapes. Um, I needed to follow actual logic. So there is a lot of detail and things if you, upon subsequent viewings that there's all sorts of specific clues and things. It's actually very intricate despite the, that it feels just like chaos, hopefully. Um, So the kind of practical effects in it are so good and so like terrifying in which was kind of really surprising to be honest you know for you know a low budget kind of fan footage movie and i was like these look these are so scary and amazing like what was the process of like creating these kinds of practical effects well you tend to know if something looks fake or not. So yeah, <laughs> you make something and it looks fake, then you can't use it. <laughs> so I mean, I just made it, you know, like blood, I know how to do. Although most of the blood for this, I bought, I was making my own blood for like the first day. I was like, oh my God, I, mean, I can't like sit here for hours making blood for this movie because there's so much of it. So I just started buying gallons of blood that I know looked right. And then mixing them with certain things for different, like, you know, like, Sometimes the blood needed to be a little bit cloudier. Sometimes it needed to be a little bit gooier. So, but no, it's just, you know, your eye knows if something looks like bullshit. So you just don't use it if it does and then you make it better. Now I had like time to do that because I didn't have like a production company behind me or a deadline or anything. So, but even I, I suppose, I mean, like, you know, even if, if I was to sit down now and go, right, I'm going to create like. A kind of a, like a creature like i'm not sure i, I think i'd probably go, be going to like youtube to like look at like you know just oh, for yeah. like the process were, of these things there were certain things that i just used like thinking to figure out and then there were certain things that i was like I, I looked up like different ways to make it and tried them out um so but at the end of the day you like you make something and you look at it or, you're, or you look at it and then you film a thing with it and you know if it looks real or not. Like, I don't know. It's a, Also, it just bugs me, like, the, in, like, movies with millions of dollars behind them, sometimes the blood looks, like, purple. People often talk about, you know, you don't need anything. You don't need this big budget. You just go out and make a movie. And I think sometimes people go, oh, but that's bullshit. <laughs> like, I feel like this is such a great example because, well, as I said, I really enjoyed it. Really, I heard it was just like a bunch of noise and like <laughs> someone banging pots and pans around in the dark. <laughs> you know?
to that, to what, speaking of what you said, um, yeah, but, you know, like, I, stu I study my whole life. I'm always watching films. I made, like, 50-plus shorts, like, plus a bunch of film YouTube videos in a totally different vein. Like, I've always been working on the craft and, like, studying every, any way I can. But, yeah, you can. It, you, I mean, I think you should, if you have a project, just try to make it any way you can. You, you know, say you can get a cheap. You just have to think of a story that would work on whatever medium you can afford to shoot on, whether that's like your iPhone or mini DV. You know what I mean? You just it, mm -hmm. you can think of a story that fits whatever budget and medium you have. And even if you think it might be shit, you should still go like try to do it because that's how you get better and learn. Like how do you how do you soundtrack a found footage movie? It mustn't have been easy. It's all diegetic, so it's all stuff that's being listened to in the background. I love music, obviously, like most people love music. And yeah, you don't normally see too much in the way of a soundtrack for found footage movies. Um, certainly not a score if they're supposed to be actually found. So in this case, I knew I wanted to feature a lot of music, so I just had it be there's all different kinds because all of us listen to different things in the movie, like the characters. So um, everything is emanating from speakers or being sung live. So I just, yeah, did it like that. And then luckily I have talented friends <laughs> who have good songs. And luckily I had like five of my own songs that were free because they're mine. No flowers here. No I guess I would say it's about a bunch of friends who go into the desert to make a music video. Blair Witch style film um, mixed with a bit of um, the video logs from Event Horizon and um, some Terrence Malick. Okay, so I really love primal stuff, like primal beauty, primal fear. I have, I get a rush out of seeking out like dangerous wild animals and like looking for great white sharks and looking for crocodiles and like I, I get like i just like that primal caveman thing um and i you know i have a i've always been very drawn to nature and you know, i've been to the arctic refuge and um um like the great barrier reef and, you know, i try to get to Place. I like being completely alone in the wilderness. Um, not all the time, but sometimes. So I think there's a lot of that in the movie. But also, like, primal fear is just, like, the most naked fear. So thought being naked wandering around the uh, Mojave Desert in the dark is about as primal as you can get <laughs> mumbling to yourself. Pretty bare bones. So, yeah, I love it. The Outwaters is in select cinemas across America right now. European release to be announced, so keep your eyes peeled, literally, on Twitter and Instagram, at The Outwaters. Meet Your Maker is produced by me, Liam Garrity. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. 
if you've been wondering, where the hell has Meet Your Maker been? This is the first new episode in ages. Well, I have been very busy producing Petrified, a horror fiction anthology podcast. Series 3 is out right now. The cast includes cult filmmaker Larry Fessenden and Welcome to Night Vale's Cecil Baldwin. Just search for Petrified wherever you get your podcasts. You don't really need me to tell you that. If this podcast was like found, if this interview was found footage, what would happen at the end of this interview? Mm. People would probably, wait, no, I don't know. What might happen, because we're in different places and we're just talking on computers, um, major world event, major catastrophic world event that we can't tell what's going on, but the buildings are shaking and you're hearing weird noises and then it all goes black. <laughs> Something like that. That seems logical. And then it would just end. Yes.